A reading from the Gospel according to John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. And now reading from the letter to the Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we pray, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, you're a clever group. I'm sure you've picked up on the fact that today we're talking about Holy Spirit. Most of us grew up in a tradition thank you, of some sort that we had an emphasis on one person in the Trinity. When we think of the Trinity, we think one God, three persons, a community together and in unity. But we have a tendency, oftentimes, to focus on one. So I knew many that focused on God, Almighty God. And that's kind of what you heard about. I believe in God. And, and that was kind of the emphasis that it was God. And God was about this. And, and God, our Father, every once in a while would kind of come in there. But it was just the Theos, God. And then I grew up Baptist. Now my amen man over here is going to say amen. It's all about Jesus. 
In fact, it was so much about Jesus that I wasn't really sure about God the Father or the Holy Spirit, especially the Holy Spirit. The only sermon I ever heard on the Holy Spirit was to talk about don't use those sensational gifts in the church or anywhere else. Those are gone, 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 except for preaching and teaching, of course. And then I met Holy Spirit in a powerful way, and I thought, hmm. And then you have a group of folks who love Holy Spirit, and they're called our brothers and sisters, either Pentecostal or maybe it's Assemblies of God, and they are so led by the Holy Spirit. In fact, most of South America, most of Africa, many of those have traditions within the um, Holy Spirit movement, and you see that. But the point is that we believe in the Trinity, as Jack prayed a few minutes ago. And today, as we look at the Holy Spirit, my prayer is that we might learn something new. Now, I realize that we're the chosen, frozen Presbyterians, and as long as I don't go wild with the Holy Spirit, we'll be okay. The thing is, is when the Holy Spirit indwells us, it's the Holy Spirit who's in control of us. So as we look at this scripture again, let's pray before God. Holy Spirit of God, come fill us afresh with your presence. Make yourself known to us through the word. Let's us hear afresh the confidence we have in knowing and loving our Savior Jesus because of your presence in our lives. Speak to us today of the present God, giving to us the community we long to have and the unity we have through Christ our Lord. Amen. So it's a tough kind of couple of passages. At least there's a lot of material there, but I'm just going to emphasize five and hopefully move us through here and get you out in time for your Irish bread. First is that Jesus tells us that we are both loved and therefore love. It is a commandment that looks different because of that indwelling spirit, the advocate that we have, we're not like the world. We're lovers. Secondly, because of the spirit, we no longer are living a life of sin. We are dead to sin and alive in Christ. And our life is reflected by that. Our mind is set on Christ because of the Holy Spirit leading and being with us. Third, not only does the Holy Spirit live in us, but out of that we are obedient in the way in which we live out our life. It's a twofold thing. It's not like, thank you, Holy Spirit, just don't bug me right now. But our lives are one of obedience. And then we are assured that we are not people who are in fear, but rather we are a group of folks who have been adopted. We are children. We are heirs with Christ. That's the fourth point children, heirs with Christ. And then Paul finishes with that statement that's just a little bit more difficult than the rest of the statements. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if in fact we suffer with him so that we also may be glorified with him. That the call of the Holy Spirit in our lives calls us to walk alongside where Jesus walked. And it's a life that is not always easy. So we are loved by God. It starts 
If you love me, you obey my commandments. A better way, if you were in the Bible studies, to really say that is when you are loving me, you will obey my commandments. When you have a relationship with me, when you understand who I am, you will obey the command to love God and love all people. And not only that, I'm giving you my Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one who is your helper, the one who is your comforter. Dale Bruner, who calls him the true friend. The word used in this is one who is called alongside. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is, one who is called alongside. So here's my confession. Our daughter, Kern, has been married almost six years, and I still watch Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> now the women are all going, yes, of course you do it. Say Yes to the Dress. They all get dressed up in these wedding dresses. They bring in their moms or their dads. Sometimes they even bring in their fiancé, so much for a surprise and their sisters and brothers, and they try on these dresses, and you kind of find out the story. Normally, I just like to see what the dress is that they finally end up with. But every once in a while, I'm taken aback by a story. And this week, they had on Say Yes to the Dress, which is normally when Rick is here at choir, and they have Yes to the Dress, and so I can watch it, and Jordan just kind of tolerates it. Anyway. It's a story about a man named Chris Nolan. He's the groom. And in 2010, Chris was paralyzed in a football accident. Out of that, he began to put together a nonprofit organization that really helped paraplegics do the absolute best that they could do, to strengthen and live with the hope that the whole rest of the world and their families may have given up on. But he prayed in 2011 that he would also at some time meet somebody because his heart's desire was to be in a relationship with somebody. He just wanted that community of a wife. And in 2013, he met Emily Summers. And not quite a year ago, they got married. Now, all this time, he's worked on being as strong as he can be as a paraplegic and being able to do things that people said he'd never be able to do. So it's a sweet wedding. Her dress did look nice, by the way. It was a nice dress. <laughs> but I lost focus of that. Because at the end of the ceremony, he stood up with her help from the wheelchair, and he hung on to her and she him, and he, he kissed her. And then they turned, and together they walked down the aisle. She alongside. She with her arm around him. There she was, every step of the way, if there's an image you could leave with today, who's got their arm around you? Holy Spirit. Who's walking with you every step of the way? Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Because Jesus said, I am sending the one who is called to come alongside and be with you. I will not take so long on the other four. No. The second one, though, is that we are dead to sin and alive to Christ because our mind is no longer set on the world things, our, our human nature that holds us captive, but rather our mind is set on Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit living in us gives us that mind of Christ and leads us. Now, I have to say, some of us, even though we know we are forgiven, we carry the burden of sin. 
we still pack it on our backs or we carry it over our shoulder. One of my favorite movies, and mentioned it before, is The Mission. It's about 30 years old. And it's about priests that went up above the falls in Brazil to bring to the indigenous people the good news of the gospel. But it was at a cost. And at the time, there were mercenaries who would go up and enslave the Indians above the falls. They would take the indigenous people, and if they resisted, they would just slaughter them. But Mendoza was one of those that would come and steal them away. And then in an argument with his brother, he ended up killing his brother, and all of a sudden, his whole world was over. Such guilt, such shame. His human nature was to be in control of other things. And he met priest Gabriel who said, do you dare? Do you dare to trust that you could be redeemed? So huge, long scene, Mendoza has this pack on his back, and he's trying to get up the falls, and it's heavy, and the other priests are going, I think he's paid enough. I think he's suffered enough. I think we just need to cut the pack off of him. And the priest said, you know, we're not really democracy here. This is an order. And I think sometimes we think our relationship with God is a democracy. Well, God, I like that idea, but I'm not really sure about this one. But we're called. And as he reaches the top of the falls, indeed, that burden is cut off his back, the ropes, by the people he had enslaved and many whose family members he had murdered. They had met Jesus. They no longer live by human nature, the flesh that's talked about in here, but they lived in the Spirit. The Spirit had changed them. If we look at the third thing, we find out that not only is the Spirit live in us, but we are then obedient in the Spirit. That our lives are reflected with those who have the Spirit living in us, and because our mind is now set on those things of heaven, it is set on the Spirit. So some of us are going, how do we know the Spirit? We know the Spirit because the Spirit introduces us to Jesus. We know the Spirit because the Spirit that indwells us gives us a yearning to be more like Jesus. We have the Spirit in us who equips us and fills us and leads us to reflect more of Jesus. The Spirit is always at work in our heart. For we are not alone, for in the Spirit of God we are children and adopted. That's the point number four. It's beyond just having that Holy Spirit. We've now been adopted. We are now part of the community of God that not only have we been adopted, but now we call God, that big God up there, Father, Abba, a personal, an intimate name, someone, yeah, hi, have you met my father? Hmm. We call him Big Daddy. <laughs> years and years ago, we took about 200 youth up to Big Bear for a retreat, and it's called Who's Your Daddy? with the sole purpose that they might learn of their Father in heaven who loves them. 
and has a plan that is so rich and so good. We are children adopted, not just adopted, but we are heirs. We are part of the inheritance along with Christ. We don't have just this life, we have a future life. The life and the spirit in us gives us that confidence that not only do I live now for Christ, but because the Holy Spirit indwells me, I know I will live eternally. For as Christ was raised, so we also will be raised. I'd love to stop there. If we continue to suffer with Christ. Holy Spirit indwelling. So I thought, well, what story might I tell you that it would make sense that you might even begin to understand. Well, it is St. Patrick's Day. I can't think of a better example of someone who though centuries and centuries, fifth century, went through things that we still see today. St. Patrick, though he had a grandfather who had become a priest and a father who was a magistrate that even though he had faith around him, he was not one who believed. And of course, if you're a teenager, who has time for faith anyway? But the age of 16, he was captured and taken into slavery. And my friend, slavery is alive and well in the world today, whether it's through sex trafficking, whether it's through people who are indentured servants that get paid nothing, that are taken from their homes and their families and their cities someplace else and forgotten. For six years, Patrick was on the Isle of Ireland, up in the mountains with sheep, and during that time he began to pray. Something he prayed as many as 200 prayers during the day, and 100 at least at night. And through that he began to believe, and that Holy Spirit began to work in him. And he had this vision that said, we want you to escape. And he thought, I'm going to leave here. And so he did. He escaped out of that terrible slavery with the chiefs that would enslave people and use them. And from there he went to France and up to his home again. And it wasn't until he was in his 40s that once again, living a very, very faithful life, he had a vision and a dream. And the people in Ireland come and bring the good news of the gospel. Now I have to tell you, if I had been in a place where I was a slave and I was a nobody and I was isolated and alone and people of power had control over me, I might want a democracy with God. Can we just talk about this one? But that's not who St. Patrick was, and that's why he's called a saint. He went back to Ireland, and though he was not the first evangelist, he was one of the most effective. And he went to the chiefs, those who did the most enslaving, those who had enslaved him and been cruel to them, and began to share the good news of the gospel with them. And indeed, they came to know Christ. And as the chiefs became to know Christ and those who were around them, began to know Jesus. It was not easy. Patrick did not feel equipped 
but he was faithful. He had a mind set on Jesus, not of the world. And he said this, daily I expect murder, fraud, or captivity. But I fear none of these things because of the promises of heaven. I have cast myself into the hands of God Almighty who rules everywhere. It's interesting that at the time that he converted most many in Ireland, it was considered the absolute ends of the earth. Go ye into all the world. He took it literally. He brought the gospel at a great price. Never looking back. So full of Holy Spirit. Obedient to the call. So St. Patrick had his mind set on Jesus. And today we have many who, for the sake of the gospel, are in areas that are dangerous, that are in areas that are at risk. We have places all over the world. We may not see it to ourselves, but they are there. And the question is, if you heard a small, still voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in you, if your mind is set on God, what would you say? What would you do? Because I believe in the Holy Spirit who indwells each of us. Amen. Amen.